0: Enjoy the convenience of seven days a week banking and extended hours with Cube from First Arkansas Bank and Trust, member FDIC.
1: Bobby Regan of Barstool Sports does a great job covering all things basketball, not just college basketball, but he joins us. And Bobby, it's been a while, man. Appreciate you joining us. How are you doing this afternoon? Good, man. How are you? We're doing good, man. And there's a, a lot of things going on in college basketball. And so I'll start with a few things with you just from the national perspective. You've seen a lot of these teams. We see, you know, teams like Bama, teams like Tennessee, teams like Purdue, kind of all mixing in there. Kansas is up there too at times. It's just been a typical college basketball season where number ones don't stay there. But at this point in time, who are some of the best basketball teams you think are going on in college basketball right now?
0: So I think it's what you mentioned. It's Alabama. It's, uh, it's Purdue. It's Houston. Tennessee is a weird team. I don't know if I put them up there. I mean, I know their defense is awesome, but like their resume is just so weird. Um, I think UCLA could be up there. It, it's it's weird, man. There's it, there's a lot of good teams, but it's not this, – this year is just not – you don't have that great team. I mean, if you tell me everyone's playing their absolute best and, and you have their A game, I would probably say Alabama's the best team in the country, but I, I'm kind of guessing at that.
2: What are the strengths of some of those teams you have at the top? Purdue, Alabama, and uh, maybe UCLA or some of the other teams.
0: So it's a little bit different each, right? Like Tennessee has elite really defense. Uh, Purdue has Zach Eady, who's just you know a monster, national player of the year. But they're also you know they have the, the role players that fit. Uh, UCLA has the experience uh, with a really good defense, and you know Tiger Campbell and, and Hamiakas. Houston has. The, the backcourt, along with a an NBA type player and Jarris Walker, a freshman. So in Alabama, kind of the same thing, where they have you know a top five pick and Brandon Miller, all American, but then they have you know guys like Mark Sears and Javon Quinterly, who are experienced guards. And so they each have something a little different. But there's no there's no team that has the perfect team like we've seen in years in, in past where. You know, I feel like almost every other year we were sitting there going, "This is this is the best team in the country," and everyone kind of agrees with
1: it. So you mentioned a, a few of them there as far as the teams that you really like right now. But I mean, as far as you're going with a certain amount of teams, as you could see, winning it all because going into March, we all know it's 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 a whole new ball game. It's a whole new season. But how many teams do you feel like total actually have a legitimate chance of winning it all this year in college basketball?
0: So I feel like that number is always inflated because. Especially a year like this, where people go, "Well, it's wide open. Anyone can win." It's like, "Well, can they actually win six games in a row? Because that's what it takes." And how many? You know, it's, it's obviously all matchup dependent. But I would say I'm comfortable in saying eight to twelve, which is a large number. I feel like usually it's four to five. Um, you know, like I think Arizona could win it all. I think a team like Baylor could win it all. Um, you know, I'm I'm not as high as I'm like UConn, but if they won it, I'd be Surprised? Probably not. There was a time we thought they were the best team in the country. Um, So even like Marquette, you know, Marquette, by all measures, looks like a top 10, 15 team in the country. Could they win it? Sure. Would I be surprised? Absolutely. So it's like, do you throw them in the list when you're making this list? Like, I I don't know if Marquette can win six in a row, but I'm not going to be, I I understand if they do. I mean, I, I would be surprised, but I can understand how it could happen.
2: What are you saying when you hear the talk about the NCAA tournament possibly expanding to uh, 90 teams from 68?
0: I hate it. I hate it so much. It's We have the perfect setup. If anything, it needs to go back to 64. But before, you know, regions of 16, it's over three weekends. It's it's the perfect setup. Changing it is just so dominant. Like college basketball, the regular season is diminished already, especially for casual fans, to the point where, If you're adding another 30-ish teams, 25 teams, whatever it is, it's like, all right, do we really care when, you know, this mid-tier Big Ten team is getting in? No. Like, it's it's so dumb, it'll it'll only hurt the sport.
2: How how meaningful is uh, conference tournaments to the Power Five schools? It is a lot more meaningful for some of the smaller conferences where they're just getting one team in, but for Power 5 conferences, how how meaningful are those conference tournaments?
0: So, it, it's meaningful, because how many times do we see like the ACC or Big Ten, like that 8-9 game, you know, it's almost like a de facto playing game. So, it, it matters, because it gets those teams into the tournament, and then, you know, the money aspect of it all, like that all matters. In terms of seeding, we've seen, there's so many times that we've seen it not really affect seeding too much, and so it's it's one where it matters getting teams in, but I don't know how much of an impact it truly has on season. It's except mean, if you take a loss early. You know, the Sunday games we've seen don't matter, and that's been long the case. So it, outside of obviously getting a team in, but you know, we've seen the SEC championship game happen and then not impact seeding one bit. So it it's kind of a double edged sword, but it, it does matter, especially when you start talking about the Wednesday, Thursday. Kind of
1: Friday game. Speaking with Bobby Regan here on uh, uh, Barstool Sports on the Jones and Sun Diamond and Brattle Fine Jewelry Hotline. Uh, Bobby, continuing on with that about the expansion, it, like how I just I, I get what you're saying, but is there going to be more after this? You know, it just seems like it's already expanded to 68 at this point. I think everyone's happy with it, but if it goes to 96, then what's going to keep it from just continuing to expand as long as the money keeps coming in?
0: Yeah, I mean that's ultimately it, right? Like it's, it's a money play. Right? I'd like to think there's enough brains to know, like you have, the perfect postseason tournament, and the one thing everyone agrees is set up perfectly, and the one thing everyone loves. Why change it? Because they're only going to get backlash, and you know, is the early money I guess deal worth the lack of views? Because how many people are going to watch? I mean, look at first four numbers. Now imagine, you know. 20 of those games. How many people are going to watch that outside of some, you know, outside of diehard? And it's not... To me, it's like, we have conference tournaments. We already have it set up. Like, it's, it's already there. And it's just... I just don't understand why you want to expand that. It. And it, it makes no sense. It diminishes everything with the sport and what's truly a niche sport. You know, it, it has about a five-week lifespan in terms of bringing in casual fans. So it's like, Why are you trying to ruin them?
2: Who are some of those sleeper teams out there? We've heard about some of the teams at the top that you really like, but teams that may be uh, sleepers that could possibly do some damage once the tournament comes around.
0: Yeah, I mean, they're not really sleepers. St. Mary's is really good. They they could be a high seed. People just kind of forget about them. You know, they're a team that could be there. Um, I do really like Oklahoma State. Uh, obviously everyone knows about Florida Atlantic and, and Charleston, what they're doing at the mid-major level. Um, Liberty they they have Darius McGee, who's one of the best point guards in the country. They could, you know, if they want a game, I wouldn't be surprised. Um, in, in, you know, Oral Roberts, Max best they're good again this year. You know, we saw what they did, what, two, two tournaments ago. I don't know if there's any, it's weird though. I don't know if there's any true sleepers this year because of how wide open this season has been. people are talking about kind of all the teams and not just the top, you know, four or five.
1: So who would you say is a team that has been extremely disappointing or the most disappointing basketball team here this year? And you can't say it's your Kentucky Wildcats because I know that's where you want to go with it.
0: (laughs) I actually don't think it's them. I mean, You can make a case, North Carolina, right? Preseason number one had all these expectations. I never thought they should have been preseason number one, but they were. And now they're kind of in the same boat. They just got got swept by Pittsburgh. Um, The jump really hasn't been there from where they were 8th seed last year, and you expect them to be a top seed this year. They're kind of on the trajectory to be an 8th seed again. They don't have – I mean, their most notable win is neutral against Ohio State, which congrats. Like, they haven't beaten anybody really good yet. So, you know, they might be there. Um, I don't think you can say anybody in the Big 12. That's just a loaded conference. Uh, You know, the SEC, I don't think anyone there is really disappointing. You know, you kind of look at at where everyone is and it makes sense. Big 12, too loaded. Big 10, again, Ohio State, I mean, they're 11-11. I thought they'd be better. You could think Michigan, they're 12 and 10. People kind of thought they'd be better. But I really think the answer is just North Carolina.
2: So what's been the issue with UNC? Um, they kind of turned it on at the end of the season. So they weren't, it's not like they were great last year, but they turned it on end of the season. They get to the championship game, a game that they could have won. They came up short and then they return a lot of players. So what's been the problem this season?
0: So that's it right there. Everyone expected them to be the team that we saw for four games, five games, and instead it's the team that we saw for 30 games. Like, so the writing was on the wall that this team wasn't great. They just got hot. I mean, they pieced that fit, but like, their guard play was phenomenal in the NCAA tournament. It's not phenomenal now. And then also the loss of Brady Manic. I mean, Brady Manic was so important to what they did, and everyone thought that Pete Nance, the transfer from Northwestern, would come in and just immediately be the same, and he's not. He's hes not even remotely close to the same player as Brady Manick. So, you, you know, those two things, the, the guard play being up and down, and they've had some injuries, but guard play being up and down and and, and really sitting in Nance for Manic has been a negative. And that's why they look kind of like the same as they did last year.
1: Well, Bobby, a thing that uh, you're bringing up with uh, you know some of the teams like UNC and, and throwing in Duke there as well, it's just like I'm looking at the top 25, which I know, you know, still a lot of games and a lot of things can change. But it's almost like just the lack of blue blood programs is a little weird. You think about, you know, Kansas is at number eight. There's no doubt. Arizona, I consider them blue blood. They're right there at number five. They've been pretty good. And UCLA as well. But then after that, you start looking at it, and you're like, good grief. Like, Indiana. You know, if you want to call yeah. them a blue blood, they're the next one there. So this has also just been a weird year. No Duke. No North Carolina. Like, some of these teams that you're so used to seeing so good or at least in the top 25 are missing right now.
0: Yeah, it's a kind of a combination, right? Duke, new head coach. with a young team, how is that going to, and again, injuries there. UNC, second-year coach, you know, everyone kind of has, you Now they went from having all these expectations. Kentucky, same thing of trying to blend, you know, uh, freshmen with upperclassmen transfers. So it's, it, 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 I think this is somewhat the new normal of, we're going to see 25 of not just Kansas, Kentucky, Duke, um, UNC, Gonzaga is the top five. We're going to see the Houston's of the world. We're going to see the Purdue's of the world. We're going to see Alabama. Like it's going to be kind of all over and, and rotating each year in terms of who's up there, and and not just you know I don't think you can just go into the preseason with the same variation of the top five you know five blue bloods in the top ten or whatever it, it tends to be, and you know that could be the transfer portal, NIL, whatever there's. There's a variety of reasons. It's just and and really just again coaching changes, right? Like you know staples of, of the game are gone, and and we're seeing kind of a changing of the guard, right? Like Bill Self is probably the face of college basketball now in terms of coaches. Maybe Calipari, I guess Mark Few, one of those three, but you know Don or Kay, Don, Don is uh, J White, Don is Roy Williams. So it, it's just a completely different variation of the game now and and it's kind of to be expected i guess
2: who are some of the top college players on nba radars now of course we know with the nba they look at players in the g league players overseas but from the college level who are some of those top players and even if you can go into some of the players that coming into this season may not have been on the radar but have played their way into getting those nba looks
0: yeah, I think Brandon Miller is, is number one from Alabama. Um, you know, I like Keontae George at Pawn at Baylor. Um, Dylan Mitchell at Texas. I think Anthony Black at Arkansas. Um, obviously, Nick Smith isn't playing, or he'd probably be on the list. Cason Wallace at Kentucky. Um, you know, and, and those are mostly the freshmen. Upperclassmen classmen, it's hard. Like, Jalen Wilson, is, is he going to be – you know, he's in the short list of national players of the year, but where does he kind of fall as an NBA prospect? You know, mid-late, first round. Um, so it's, it's definitely weird dear, but those are the guys that kind of stick out to me in terms of, okay, if I'm watching for NBA draft reasons, that's kind of who I'm watching.
1: So, Bobby, uh, since you mentioned a few Arkansas players there, I want to ask you about Arkansas. They, they've done better. They're on a three-game win streak in SEC play. It seems like they're playing better, but still a lot of work to do, especially given the expectation. But – uh, just what do you think of them right now? And also, if Nick Smith, assuming that he gets added to the roster, because from what we've heard here, he is going to play when he's healthy, just don't know exactly when. What's, yeah. What type of difference does he make if he comes back to Arkansas?
0: Yeah, I mean, you add in a talent, right, and that, that matters. I'm still skeptical of this Arkansas team because of the loss of Trevor Burteal. I'm not a huge fan of the Mitchell Twins. Never really have been. I know they played well against uh, LSU. A and M, whatever game it was, A and M I think they played you know, they played well. I just don't really like them in terms of can they be valuable players on a team that can get to a final four? And and I don't really see it. And now, you know, and, and there are other problems with our They can't they can't shoot the ball, right? They're one of the worst three point shooting teams in the country. That's gotta come up at some point when you talk about you need to win this game or you are going home and your season's over. Um but if you do get Nick Smith back, it obviously it adds depth, first of all, right? That, that's another guy that you can put in. You have a versatile lineup and you can get him out there. But it doesn't address the biggest problem, which Trevor Brazil was such a mismatch. And, and it really opened up the floor and really let, you know, Jordan Walsh operate on, on a drive. It really let uh, Ricky Council, you know, drive through to the lane It let Anthony Black kind of do his thing. So, think nick smith matters but but the brazil loss is, is just as important i want to say if, if not maybe even more important just because of the makeup of the roster
2: how do you see the rest of the sec now of course alabama tennessee they were mentioned as some of those top teams in the country but outside of them how do you see the rest of the sec
0: i think it's wide open right you know kentucky and florida play saturday both of them could be in contention for number two in the sec um Tennessee still like they have not beat anybody in the top half of the SEC. They've lost to Florida and Kentucky. They beat Vandy, South Carolina, the Mississippi schools, LSU, Georgia. So like, what are they going to do in this back half of the schedule? I want to see that. Um, but I think, I think the conference is good overall, right? Like Mississippi state is two and seven in conference play, but they're fair to play again. You know, they, they can win games. Um, You know, Georgia, 4-5, and they're at least competitive this year. Vanderbilt, I know they got their doors blown off by Alabama, but they've won a couple games, and they've been competitive in games. So there's no no real pushover. And even LSU, who has one win on the season, they they at least can compete. And it's not like any team has rolled over and died yet, which we see a lot, quite a bit in, in, you know, just nature of, of the beast if you're 0-10 in conference play. And it's just, well, where do we go from here? But, you know, I think it's a good conference still, even though there are some letdowns this year and, and problems. But it, it's truly a league where I don't see a big, I, you know, no result would really, really surprise me outside of Alabama losing at home to the South Carolinas or or Vandy's of the world.
1: Bobby, who do you think makes the Final Four first, Tennessee or Alabama?
0: Alabama, without so. a doubt,
1: Alabama. Okay. Yeah, because we were thinking about uh, just the, the job that Nate Oates has done, and of course some people think that Nate Oates, oh, he's not going to be at Alabama forever, but at the same time, man, they got money, so they can pay him if it's just a matter of, of coin. But yeah, that's the thing that uh, I think is just crazy. to think Alabama, which was so terrible as a basketball program, now they have one of the best teams yeah. in basketball and may make a Final Four.
0: Yeah, I mean, and also the fact that while is recruiting better, right, they, they've landed five stars, Alabama's landing top 10 NBA talent, which is at the end all be all, no, but that matters when you talk about, again, winning four games in a row in March, where, like this year, my problem with Tennessee is late game, they need a bucket. Who do you give the ball to? Like, who do you trust on that team on offense to say, you know,
2: we we really
0: need two points here. We're gonna iso you. You go get us. A, you go get us a bucket. I I don't have an answer for who that guy is on on Tennessee on Alabama. I know who that is. It's Brandon Miller. You you give him the ball and you let him go to work and he's good enough to go get that. He's good enough to go get a bucket. Who is who is it on Tennessee?
1: Well, you don't trust a guy named Santiago? Is that is that not your dude? Yeah.
0: Right. Yeah. Just, like if Santiago Viscovi is your answer, you like you have a
1: yeah, no, no, it's it's going to be crazy to see how it all uh, turns out in college basketball because, again, the SEC, interesting conference, but a lot of games left to be played. Bobby, as always, dude, we appreciate you joining us. Great stuff. Enjoy the rest of the basketball season, man. I know we'll be catching up with you.
0: Yeah, you too, man. Have a good one.